Okay, I want to do a brief Bible study based on Luke chapter 11. And I remember the first time I did this was in 2011, and it was for a group of elderly people, uh, all in their 80s or older. And I look back, and some of them have gone on to be with the Lord. And one of them referred back to this particular season just days before she died and told me it meant a lot to her. So it came back to my heart. Okay, so in Luke chapter 11, it begins like this. It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples to pray. So Jesus is praying, and the disciples look at Jesus' prayer, and something in their hearts says, I don't know how to pray like that. But they want to pray like that. And so they ask the Lord, would you please teach us to pray like you pray? And Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, so he's wanting to teach them to pray. He's wanting to show them how to become effective in their relationship with God. So then he says to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he answers and says, Do not bother me. The door has already been shut, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, Yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So Jesus is telling them, he's teaching them to pray. Don't forget this. He's teaching them to pray. And he says, well, you know how persistence works. He says, there are people who you call friends, and your friendship isn't enough to roll them out of bed in the middle of the night. But if you just keep knocking on that window, they can't sleep. (laughs) And he says, eventually, they're going to get up and give you what you need. He's not telling us that God is sleeping. He's telling us that if we were as persistent with God as we are to our natural-minded, carnal friends, we would see far better results from God than we do from our friends. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he is asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father 
give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. There's a lot about this passage that we could point to. One, he's telling us that the reason God doesn't answer us is because we're not persistent enough. Two, he's making a promise that God will answer. But he's not making a promise that God will always do what we asked for. The promise is that the the Father will give us the Holy Spirit. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes into our circumstance, into our hearts, into our mind, whatever our need is, that spirit of grace is sufficient. Many times it will lead us into the specific resolution we were seeking, but sometimes it will lead us in a way that is not our way, but it will always be the answer that we need. I want to focus on this ask, seek, knock aspect to praying. First of all, if I were telling you to pray, I would probably say, seek, knock, and ask. So it strikes me as interesting that he puts the order as ask, seek, and knock. If we think about it, that is how God often answers our deepest needs. Uh, Let me invent a hypothetical. Let's say I've lost my job and my resources are running low. I need help. Now, if I'm going to live by the benevolence of the state, I just go down and sign up for welfare. But if I'm going to live by the scripture and provide for my family so that I'd be more than an infidel, I need to find some way of changing my circumstance very quickly. And so I go to God in prayer and I say, Lord, help me. (laughs) And nothing happens. Well, Jesus tells me that I have got to be persistent, but I'm not just persistent into the wind. He tells me steps, a progression of prayer. He tells me, he tells me how my faith might progress toward a resolution, how my prayers should be focused. First, I'm going to ask, what does this mean? I know that I need money. I know that my family needs food on the table, but I don't know how that's going to come. Does that make sense? So the first step of seeking God is is very general. It's asking questions. It's asking God, Lord, how do you want this to happen? How do you want me to provide for my family? We know what we need, but we don't know how to get there. So we ask questions, God, would you please show me what your will is for my life? Would you please show me how to obey your word in this circumstance or that? We ask him first. And then some notion starts to come into our hearts. He starts to plant a vision, a plan into our minds and hearts. 
And he says, I want you to earn your living by growing produce. Okay, so now we have a vision. We've asked and we start to have something come into focus. We start to see even from God what we need. Well, now what's the next step? We want to find that promise. We want to start searching for that promise. We don't just sit back and say, okay, God, send me the promise. I'm waiting here. You told me you wanted me to, to uh, earn my living by produce, so uh, where are the vegetables, God? No, no, no. We got to get out there, and we got to start seeking. We're not seeking our will. We're seeking God's will. We're willing to hear him refine it for us or redirect us or focus us, but we're seeking. Now we're, we're in the stage of, does anybody know of anyone who needs produce grown? Uh, do you know of any outlets? Do you know of any ways that I could grow produce on this, this size piece of land? We start seeking. Do you understand? And then all of a sudden, something materializes in front of us. We were out seeking. We were asking around. We were telling people. Because God had answered our first question with a, a general direction. And so now we're seeking that something that he told us about. And we find out that there's a new organic market opening in our area. And that they need produce. They need fresh produce. We told a friend who told a friend who told us. <laughs> and... Our hopes rise. We're like, whew, this is the answer, God. Yes. Oh, we're not done yet, though. We're not done yet. Just the fact that God told us we were supposed to go produce, and now He's, we've sought him, and he's shown us a potential where we might provide that, a, pretend, a potential market where that might be provided, where that might be needed. That doesn't mean the money's coming into the bank yet. Now we've got to go knock on the door of that market. <laughs> and we've got to ask them. We've got to say, can I grow your produce for you? Can I do this? Can I do that? Can we start this relationship? And if it's God's will, they say, well, it's funny you should come because you grow the only kind of vegetables we don't have that we still need. <laughs> and then we go grow the produce and the whole thing has been answered. And we, we have received a promise from God. And hopefully at that point, we haven't forgotten that God is to blame for all this success. <laughs> but Jesus shows us how our relationship with God unfolds. We ask when we don't even know what we need. We seek when he tells us what we need, but we don't know where it is. We knock when we find where it is, but it seems to be on the other side of a locked door. And we knock and we knock, and we knock. We knock if it feels like God is sleeping. We knock if it feels like we've been knocking for an hour. And we keep knocking because we know he brought us to this point. And in his good providence, he will give us what we need. And granted, many times when he opens that door, he offers us something different than what we were expecting but he always offers us 
the Holy Spirit of grace, which is sufficient in our time of need.